Have you ever had your wallet stolen? I did this summer while I was out of town, and it was a series of headaches. Today, I share what to do if your wallet or purse is stolen and how to protect yourself from identity theft. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, where we're focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. Support for this podcast comes from 5 Days to 5K Course. A big headache for many couples in the community is they know what they need to do. They need to knock down this debt or save up for a big goal. The question is, where does this money come from? Budget's tight. So I designed a free week-long course that will show you step-by-step how to find, save, and make some extra money. And it's broken down into manageable chunks because I know we are all busy. You can sign up at couplemoney.com slash 5k. If you're subscribed to the community newsletter, you may remember that in July, I mentioned that my purse got stolen in Denver. We were over in Colorado to celebrate my cousin getting married. It was a beautiful weekend and celebration. But yeah, that was a sour note for sure. We spent a good chunk of time on the phone and online to get things squared away. And as we were working to avoid getting hit with any unauthorized charges, sorting out things with a police report, and trying to get TSA to tell me what I needed to do to get on my flight back home, I wish I had a quick and handy guide on the essentials. Now, I hope you never have your wallet or purse stolen, but if you do, I want to make things easier. That's why today I have Joe Mecca from Coastal Credit Union on. He's joining me to discuss what you need to know to protect yourself against identity theft and what steps you need to take to recover or replace what was stolen. I want to help minimize the damage and stress so you can get back to your routine and focus on the important things. Let's get started. After my purse was stolen, I had to make a decision. Who do I call first? Do I go with my credit card and banks first to make sure I don't have those unauthorized charges? Do I call the police to file a report? Or do I call my phone provider because I have a lot of stuff on my phone and I don't want the thief to have access to it? Now, if you're looking at the big picture that you're trying to prevent identity theft, it does make sense to look at calling the police first. If it's stolen, you're going to want to call the police, file a report. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to go a long way toward any claims that you have to make later on with your financial institutions or your phone carrier or if there's any other sort of loss involved. You know, police reports going to go a long way to supporting, uh, expediting that claim and getting yourself uh, you know, made whole again. Working backwards a little bit, the thing people need to know is know what you have with you. Know what cards are in your wallet. Know what's in your purse. Um, so that way, you know, if something does, does get lost or stolen, you have a quick sense of, of what you need to deal with. Since we were out of town and I didn't have my phone on me, it took a little bit to find where the nearest police station was. We left our little girls with my mom, that way they can still enjoy the trip, and to be honest, we could take care of this a lot faster. When we got to the police station, they told us that this crime was something that could be reported online. 
So when we got back to our Airbnb and had that internet connection, we went ahead and filled it out. And if you haven't filed a police report before, there's a lot of details that you have to cover. Details about when, where, and what happened. Giving an exact list of what was stolen. And depending on the situation, they're going to ask you about the criminal involved if you saw the person who stole your wallet or your purse. And when you submit it, make sure you get a number on this report. And in our case, we went ahead and printed it out. It was not only for insurance purposes, but because I was going to be traveling, I wanted to have some kind of proof to give to the TSA agent. That way I can get on the flight on time. Once you file your police report, it's time to protect your finances. I'm going to speak to it more from the financial institution. But from there, you're going to want to contact your financial institution um, and report your card stolen. So, you know, if that's your, your debit card, you want to call whoever your checking account provider is, or it may just be a credit card. Um, you're going to want to call. Most places are going to have that number readily available. It's going to be part of their main phone, phone menu. Report a lost or stolen card. Uh, just push this button that's right on the main menu to make it easier. Because um, people do lose their cards. Um, mm -hmm. It's not always a stolen card, but people lose their cards all the time. And it's nice to be able to uh, have that option available to them. Yeah, a lot of places put the card, the phone number on the back of the card, but when the card's lost, that doesn't do you much good. So, you know, give, give a call to your institution, report it lost, report it stolen. Um, what we're going to do right away is we're going to block that card so nobody can use it and then hurry up and issue a new one. And the big thing too is then not only have we blocked that, we've also then reported it up through Visa so they can issue an alert and know that that card shouldn't be, shouldn't be used anywhere. You know how you sometimes hear about something, but you're not quite sure if it's 100% true? Since I was talking with Joe, I wanted to ask him, was there a difference in liability with a credit card versus a debit card? So our agreement with Visa is that um, if there is loss from fraudulent charges, yeah. the member is never held liable for that. And that's true. And a lot of people, there's a misconception that that's only true on credit cards. That's actually true credit and debit. Um, the process for getting your money back is a little bit different for each mm -hmm. uh, because on your credit card, it's you can identify that as a fraudulent charge and just not have to pay it. With your debit card, um, we have to give you the money back. Yeah. But, but in either case, you know, we're assuming the liability for that. Once you contacted and notified your financial institutions, you want to check on your cell phone provider, especially if you're like me, you have a smartphone and a lot of accounts are tied to it. The other thing you need to do after the fact, after you've reported your card stolen, um, do the same thing with your phone. You call yeah. your carrier. Um, I've actually lost my phone before. Was able to quickly call AT&T, say, hey, I lost my phone. They can block the phone. Um, and so nobody can use it in the meantime. And then when I did find it, I found it a, a, you know, the next day. I had actually accidentally left it somewhere. They were able to quickly turn it back on. And once you take care of your immediate concern, you can now focus on recovery and replacing what else was taken. By far the hardest, and understandably so, is your identity card. Whether it's a driver's license or a state-issued ID or a passport, you have to take care of that. And it will take a few weeks. In my case, I did have the option of not going down to a DMV, but it was still three weeks before I got my replacement driver's license. 
And don't forget your insurance cards as well. You want to make sure that you're covered and protected and have that handy should you need it. Even though you contacted your financial institutions and you're not going to be liable, you have to stay on top of your finances, especially when you're talking about your bank accounts, because it does take time to sort things out. So you want to know if there's any unauthorized purchases or withdrawals from your account. Now for us, this is fairly easy because we use money apps to track our day-to-day budget and transaction levels. So if you use apps like Personal Capital, Mint, Tiller, you need a budget, you get the idea. This can help you out because it does look at the transactions. If you see anything that's out of sort, you can quickly call your institution and get that squared away. You also don't want any new accounts to be opened up in your name. And that means checking your credit report. You're always going to want to monitor your credit reports anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, Each of the credit bureaus is obligated to give you one free report every year. Mm -hmm. So you can go to annualcreditreport.com and get a free copy of your credit report. That way, I like to stagger them. So rather than do it all at once, once a year, do each one. Um, so I might do Equifax in the spring and TransUnion in the summer, in the fall. Um, and then, so you're pulling a new report for yourself every four months. See what's on there. You can see what your open lines of credit are, um, what your balances are, your history on each of those. And that reflects a lot of things. But the one thing to do in that case is, you know, you're able to see what's out there. So if somebody was to try to fraudulently open something in your name or, and succeeded, that should show up on your credit report fairly quickly. And another layer of protection you can use with your credit reports is by having them frozen. So when you do a credit freeze, you can call up uh, each of the major credit reporting bureaus and and request a credit freeze. And what that does is it prevents new credit from being opened in your name. Um, So so somebody had, for whatever reason, enough information about you to go ahead and try to apply for a credit card or apply for a loan or um, do a variety of other things using your name and your identity, a frozen credit report will prevent that from happening. Um, okay. And what happens is you, so you'll call up and some of them do an online process. Some of them you, you can call and request it, but they'll freeze your credit and then they'll provide you with a pin or a code um, that you can then use when it's time for you to go back and thaw your credit. If you know that you don't need to apply for a loan in the next you know, couple months or whatever, um, and you know that there's no need for additional credit right now, go ahead, freeze your credit. Mm-hmm. And we, we actually advise that as something to do as just as a best practice, not necessarily in response to fraud or identity theft. That's a good preventative measure, especially on the tales of the Equifax breach that we had last year and everything that came out of that. Um, it's a good idea just to, if you don't need credit, go ahead and freeze it. And then when you do need credit, mm-hmm. reach out to the credit bureaus, provide them with that code. They can open your credit back up. Somebody can do a credit pull, issue you a new loan, and then you can refreeze again after that. Before we close up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from our experience in talking with Joe. The first is a little preparation goes a long way. None of us wants to think about being victims of identity theft, but doing things like setting up two-factor authentication for some of your most important accounts can go a long ways to giving you some peace of mind and minimizing the damage should your wallet or purse get stolen. Two, pare down your wallet. 
I know sometimes it's tempting, especially when you're going out of town, the what ifs, and you put everything in there, but it also means much more hassle should something happen to it. So get the essentials in there and also document quickly on a piece of paper and keep it separate what you had in your wallet. It'll make the recovery and replacement process much easier. And then finally, act quickly. As soon as you realize your purse or your wallet has been stolen, start getting things done. File that police report. Call your financial institutions. Turn off your phone as soon as possible. Again, you might not have the items returned to you, but you can minimize that damage. Now, there's so much more we can cover, but if you want to talk about your own experience and share some key tips that made a huge difference for you, I'd love to hear them over at Thriving Families on Facebook. It's our free, private, and positive community where we help one another out with our goals. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash Facebook and let us know what you're trying to do right now. We'd love to support your goals. Special thanks to Joe for sharing these tips. If you're in the Triangle area and looking for a better banking option, go check out Coastal Federal Credit Union. We love being members. You can find them at coastal24.com. And if you're outside Raleigh, North Carolina, but you're still trying to look at other options besides the big banks for your money, please check out your local credit unions. You may be able to get much better rates and service. I'll include a link in the show notes to help you locate a credit union near you, as well as the resources and tips we mentioned today. It's all over at our site at Couple Money. And next week, we're going to dig a bit deeper on how to protect yourself against identity theft as we go over scams both offline and on that are getting real popular right now. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out. Our theme song was written by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere. And finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you think this episode can help a friend out, please send it to them. I want to make sure that your hard-earned money is protected. I hope you have a fantastic week. Take care.